Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. I licked her in every way I knew would feel good, the way only a woman can know. The way I'd want to be licked. When I wasn't focusing my tongue entirely on her clit, I placed my finger on it instead, being sure it was always and constantly pleasured. I gave continuous, rhythmic motions to her pussy, waiting for the moment that she'd come for me. I didn't want that moment to be here. On the contrary, I wanted to play with her all day. But... The lingering thought of her parents walking in on us still in my mind, so I had to do my best to hurry. Claire? Uh, yes? Um, stop. Okay. <laughs> oh, why? Oh, why, Neil? <laughs> I can think of two reasons, one of them being how poorly written that was. Oh. The others, these are two adult women that's like, shh, shh, your parents might walk in, shh. Look, that was fun, but wait, we'll get to that. But first, why don't we do a podcast? Oh, all right. All Since right. we're here, <laughs> I mean, what else do I have going on today? Oh. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you've come here to be just given a cushy warm blanket of fall good feelings about romance and not told the endings you've come to the wrong place nope this is a veritable cornucopia of spoilers (laughs) a feast of spoilers yes and we are thankful for them indeed (laughs) claire yes you picked the books i did i picked Pumpkin Everything, now a Hallmark Channel original movie, Autumn Bros. Sweet Romance Book 1 by Beth Labont, and Thankful, a Sweet Thanksgiving Romance by Edie Bryant. Not the Edie Bryant that's on SNL. <laughs> Who's that- Edie Bryant? This Edie is Bryant. Edie Bryant. This is Edie Bryant. <laughs> also, that book is not sweet. We'll get into it. It oh is not sweet God. at all. <laughs> Anyway, but before we dive into these books, like so much pumpkin pie, what was the theme? Uh, The theme was Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. as predicted, one of these books did not have Thanksgiving in it, despite the fact that it had many opportunities to have Thanksgiving in it. I know. Do you know what's crazy? (laughs) And we'll get into it, but the next book in the series is Thanksgiving. Oh, what the fuck? I know. (laughs) And it's with characters that I like better. Get out. Get out. <laughs> um, before we before we split hairs about Thanksgiving, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Claire, what's got you hot and bothered? Um, so every once in a while, I love to rewatch Jenny Nicholson videos because she has excruciating excruciatingly is the wrong word, but they are extremely long videos on a many a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did though, just come out with an insanely long video about a theme park in Utah called Evermore. 
And it was the best three hours, three and a half hours I've spent in a while. <laughs> it was great. It's super funny, just like all her videos are. So this park in Utah, Evermore, is a theme park that was built by a millionaire, a multimillionaire tech bro who loves LARPing and wanted a theme park where you could get in, you could be fully oh immersed God. in a fantasy world, if not multiple fantasy worlds. Um, and it didn't work. Oh, <laughs> It's like on the edge of being very cool and it doesn't quite get there. Uh, it has never been finished, but it has opened. You can go to it. Mm. Um, and it's Jenny's video on it is thorough it is amazing. It is well put together. It is thoroughly entertaining. Um, and this theme park, it blows my mind that it exists. And it's not just, okay, so Disney theme parks, you know, every once in a while they've got the characters running around and every once in a while they'll perform like a little scene or something, you know, just like the, the Mad Hatter will run around with the queen and like, you know, near the teacups. And it's just like the sort of like the little bit of drama that's in character for them. Now, just imagine that actors are hired to play that the same actor is hired to play that one queen character. And that every time you go, her story has evolved just a little bit and she remembers you. Oh. <laughs> and she has real beef with the Mad Hatter, not the, not the actors, the two characters and their storyline evolves. So you could show up at the teacups and they could be having an intense philosophical debate about what it exactly means to be the queen. Oh, <laughs> because it's LARPing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, that just happens all over the park with the characters and it blows my goddamn mind. And it is amazing and anyway i highly recommend that you cozy up with a warm cup of tea a great blanket and turn on youtube go to jenny nicholson and watch her evermore video like that, it's spectacular wow okay well good to know yeah that uh, and i'm loving it i mean like there is so much like I'm watching terrible reality TV. I'm watching because we're still unpacking our boxes and we're not like, I've, I don't quite feel at home at home yet. And and the, the house makes a ton of weird ass fucking noises at, <laughs> at night that are not ghosts. But it sounds like if they were ghosts, they're just constantly picking up and dropping brooms in every other room <laughs> in the house. And I don't know what I it mean, is. I mean, that does sound like a thing a ghost would do. <laughs> So I don't know. So like I'm having a hard time sleeping. So the things I'm watching are weird and wacky and often documentaries. And, you know, I'm just I, I could like it's hard to find a documentary that isn't an animal one where I feel bad about being a human being or um, a being a crime one where I feel bad about uh, exploiting someone's you know trauma. So either way, what this is what's happening. So this was a lovely break from all of those things. <laughs> Good. Um, you reminded me of, I had forgotten about this entirely. There's a movie from uh, 2013 called Knights of Badassdom. And it's, it's, it's a kind of a, like a monster horror movie. 
about LARPers. Like they go out into <gasps> yes. the woods and some someone finds an old book that accidentally actually summons a demon. And so the LARPers are like trying to figure out how to deal with that. Um, it has Steven Zahn or Steve Zahn, Peter Dinklage. Um, I'm looking at the, I don't recognize anyone else. Um, and I can't remember if it was good or not, but I remember enjoying it. So I half recommend it <laughs> under the caveat that it might not be good. I don't remember. I feel like there's no way that was good, but it was also wonderful. It also wasn't, um, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like it was meant to be funny. Um, and then I'm pretty sure there was some like creepy moments. Cause like the, the demon is of course, like takes on the form of a hot chick and runs amok through the camp and whatever, whatever. So, <laughs> and Neil, what has got you hot and bothered? Um, so here in San Francisco, uh, Starting November 1, it just was fall all at once. The weather, <laughs> it just, it is fall now. Um, so, like, October is kind of the tail end of our summer. And it was it was nice. We had some nice days and some slightly chilly days. And then starting in November, it's just like, it's cold. It's rainy. Um, but it's just been rainy for a couple days. And it seems like every day that isn't rainy is very, very sunny. There's no in-between. We haven't had foggy days in a while. Oh, where'd Carl go? I don't know. Anyway, I bring this up because this is my favorite kind of weather where it's like, it's nice and sunny, but it's still like brisk because I get hot so easily. Like 70, 70 degrees is the, the cap of my comfortable temperature, which is why I live in San Francisco. Um, so it's just been nice to like, oh, it's just like, oh, I, I just like sit on the couch with my blanket while I watch my TV and I just, I go outside and it's just, you know, brisk and crisp. But of course, because uh, my skin is like, oh, a temperature difference. And then I'm just like pink all day long. <laughs> it's like, oh, it is warmer or colder than it was 30 seconds ago. I'm going to freak out about it. Yeah. My skin is like, oh, is it colder? Away with moisture. Away, away, away with you, moisture. <laughs> crack, 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 crack. <laughs> yeah, this is also the time of year when my allergies are the worst, which is true right now. So I, I just can't have nice things. I think is the moral of the story. Yeah, fuck nice things. <laughs> yeah. Should we get into some books? Yeah, let's get into some books. Pumpkin Everything, now a Hallmark Channel original movie, Autumn Burroughs Sweet Romance, Book One by Beth Labonte. After calling off her wedding, horror novelist Amy Fox is left with a broken heart and a mega case of writer's block and a serious aversion to all things pumpkin spice. When she receives news that her grandfather has broken his wrist during a dry wrist driving through a Dunkin' Donuts, literally straight through the front windows, 500 miles away on her hometown of at in her hometown of Ottenborough, New Hampshire. There's so many commas in this. I can't even. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Amy has no choice but to return to check on him. No choice. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm already starting. If she doesn't make sure he gets back on his feet, Grandpa may be moved into an assisted living and Amy's beloved childhood home will be put on the market. 
Knowing she must return, Amy worries about the only thing worse than pumpkin spice, a reunion with Kit Parker, her childhood best friend, first love, and the entire reason for skipping town in the first place. As the two reconnect, a second chance seems possible. If only Kit weren't holding on to a secret that just might unravel everything. Now, a Hallmark original movie starring Taylor Cole and Corey Sevier. Set against a scenic backdrop of white mountains, New Hampshire, pumpkin everything is a small town, sweet romance, with and the perfect way to kick off a fall season. A pumpkin spice latte wouldn't hurt either. Again, so many fucking commas. <laughs> I expect you to say, set against a backdrop of white people. <laughs> set against a backdrop of white people with more white people thrown in there. Uh, yeah, that's what the back of the book says. It's about Neil. What a Neil. labyrinth of commas you just got through. Oh, my God. Like, I can't even. I mean, just uh. <laughs> like the sentence when she receives news that her grandfather has broken his wrist driving through a Dunkin Donuts uh, M dash literally straight through the front windows M dash 500 miles away, comma, in her hometown of Ottenboro, comma, New Hampshire, comma. Amy has no choice but to return to check on him. Good lord! Oh, no! gosh. There's a better way to say that sentence. I don't even care if it's grammatically correct. It's bad. It's it's a sin. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, this book. Um, okay. So, I really love the premise of this book. Amy Fox moved to she was in philly yeah she was in philadelphia so i was also excited when we started when i started reading this because uh, i it hit all of the right buttons for me she's a horror novelist she's going back to her hometown like she's got a lost love there i love a second chance romance i fucking love the fall i know you do i know you love your second chance romances and uh this book was such a miss on so many levels. I know. I enjoy the, like, going back to my hometown to, like, tackle with stuff from my childhood or adolescence. Um, oh, God. Okay. So, Amy... Okay. So, Grandpa M-Dash, literally M-Dash, drove through a Dunkin' Donuts. And I have to say, this was not given the weight of how awful that is. No, because there was also a point where it's like, oh yeah, he started calling her mom in the middle of the night f asking about medication and like not remembering where his driver's license was and all this stuff. And it hinted at the fact that he was like at the, the early stages of senility or Alzheimer's or something. And then she shows up and he's perfectly fine. Yeah. And like, she didn't have to deal with that at all. And I'm just like, what is going on anyway we also have to didn't have to deal with the aftermath of having driven through a business a, <laughs> a business like, and not even just like a mom and pop like a, a semi-national chain yeah and and i'm sorry like if you drive through the front window of a business even in a small ass town where everybody there are knows people you, there you you are arrested <laughs> like, <laughs> even like even if like it's just an arrest warrant put out for you because you're driven to the hospital like you have to show up in court you have to pay fines mm -hmm. you also have to like the business can sue you depending 
like you don't just get a write-off because oh you're an old dude no and there would have been people i've been to a dunkin donuts the fucking counter's right goddamn there (laughs) yeah because they want everyone to see the donuts i imagine i've never been to a dunkin donuts i don't think there oh wait oh mm, i've been past one I've seen them in D.C. You've never been to a donkey's? No. (laughs) Gosh. Anyway, so um, I guess law doesn't exist here because Grandpa's fine. He doesn't have any legal, (laughs) any legal woes. Um, So then Amy is talking to her mom who is, has a cute, has her own QVC show called Sharon's Closet or something like that. And she's basically like, well, it's time to move grandpa out here because she's outside of Philly. She's also in Pennsylvania, apparently. So Amy grew up in Ottomsboro and her mom always hated it. So as soon as Amy left Ottomsboro to go to college, the mom used that as an excuse to move to Pennsylvania. And also, like, I feel like this is the last time we get... We hear a little bit about Amy's dad right at the top because it's they moved. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Then dad disappears. Then dad disappears. And then I feel like... Until the very end when they're dressed up like the Obamas. No. No. That's Isaac Mizrahi. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even her dad. It's Isaac Mizrahi. Was, why? Anyway. Okay. So... <laughs> Which is name dropped so many times in this book. Sharon is besties with Isaac Mizrahi. She's living her best life. And so she's like, oh, well, it's time to get grandpa out of here and like to live in an assisted living facility. And like, it's a seven hour drive. We can't take care of him from that far away. So he needs to move out here, blah, blah, blah. And then Amy, who has never been back to her hometown, all of a sudden is like, oh, but that house and all those memories. And I feel bad. And, And also she recently was left by her fiance who cheated on her whose name was orion corcoran and i read that i was like gross and then i appreciated that immediately after in the narrative she's like i should have known better than to get engaged with someone named orion corcoran i also appreciate nobody else in the book thought it was a good idea either nobody ever says his name right they all call him like osiris and orpheus (laughs) and they all call him by these other names it's really it's it was a really fun ongoing joke there were some really funny moments in this book anyway so amy's been left not quite left at the altar but it was like days before the wedding he cheated on her so she's like i don't have a lot going on for me i she's also um a writer and she's had writer's block since since being left so she's like i don't have anything going on i might as well just go back to Ottomsboro and like help take care of grandpa because he had broken his wrist or something so like help take care of him until he's back on his feet and basically convince the mom that he doesn't need to leave and so that they can keep the house i understand so uh, this book sort of plays a lot with her being like oh well i love the house and the memories but also i never want to go back to that town again kind of thing and like I understand that both of those feelings can be true, but it felt kind of muddy for me in in moments in this book. I mean, right at the top, too, a lot of times in these second chance romance, you have to go back to your hometown type of stuff. That person is happy to have left. Like they were 
they're living their lives Mm -hmm. and now they've hit a speed bump and they have to go back and it's not something they relish like they're not excited to go back Mm -hmm. um here she's going back for entirely selfish reasons Mm -hmm. uh she is she does not volunteer right away to help with grandpa in fact she offers up several other names of people who could help (laughs) first and then it occurs to her like oh well i have writer's block so fuck it i might as well go like i have nothing to keep me here Mm-hmm. which is different yes and then she's like you know what i love that house <laughs> i don't want them to sell the house and that's that's her entire motivation it is purely selfish mm-hmm. and i am down for a for a selfish character that learns lessons throughout a book but mm-hmm. man amy is a hard main character to keep liking like yeah. uh i'll have to say in her memories are not brought up in this book no like there are no lovely memories of the house i was like yeah please give me some lovely memories i mean and especially having just moved out of a place i was for almost 20 years uh, i have amazing memories of that apartment and i can like rattle off a couple of very dumb cute sweet stories that will live with me forever that this book decided were unimportant (laughs) we're not going to give you any of those things yeah we don't need it um so amy packs up her car and drives to autumnsboro new hampshire and then um then we learn the alternate title for this book is amy projects her feelings onto everyone else for 194 pages it's bonkers it is <laughs> bananas oh my god and like right away there's kit show because her car breaks down on the side of the road and right away there's kit the guy that she's in love with who shows up in his tow truck because he has to do that i'm fine with all that that's good and he's the nicest guy right away mm-hmm. and the funniest moment in this book the fucking funniest moment in this oh my god book. it was so good i I loved this moment. So he laughs and he's like, well, you know me, I'm a tow truck driver. But, you know, the perks are I get to pick up famous horror novelists off the side of the road. And and she goes, oh, I'm not famous. And he goes, I was talking about Stephen King. He was driving through here a couple weeks ago. And and it, and he, she's like, oh, oh, my God, I am so embarrassed. And he's like, nah, I didn't really do that. And it was just so fucking funny. And I was like, yeah, fuck with her, fuck with her. <laughs> but here's the thing too he's nothing but nice no he's the this nicest guy in the whole world. book and yet it's just like everything he does she's just like oh well it's because he means this it's because he feels this way i'm like you don't you haven't talked to him about his feelings because what ha- what happened was <laughs> they dated in high school they were madly in love with each other for me that's always an asterisk like it's like, oh, my high school sweetheart, we're madly in love. I'm like, okay, we'll see how that goes in five years. Like, come on. Anyway, um, and then he, okay, so the house is a duplex. And so she and her family lived upstairs and Kit lived downstairs with his brother and his mom. And while they were in high school... The mom died. I guess the dad was still there because someone was taking care of them. It's not yeah, important. I think so. I think the dad was still there. But again, another 
another character that we don't care about because yeah. they're not present right now. Mm-hmm. And so we've them anything. out of their lives. Right. Because they're not cast in the Hallmark movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, Kit and his brother Riley, their mom died when um, they were in high school. Kit's older. I think it was their senior year or maybe late junior year or summer before. In any case, he became really withdrawn um and like really standoffish and like was obviously dealing with his grief in a way that he like didn't want help didn't want other people to like be there for him even though that's obviously what he needed but he didn't want that and so then like at one point kit told amy that he didn't even want to like they were going to go to senior prom he's like i don't even want to go and that for her was sort of like the the straw that broke the camel's back of just like i've i've done what i can it doesn't seem to be helping which is fair i find this this is this is all fair she's like i've not been able to fix him he's going through something that is like now affecting me because it's affecting our relationship i'm just a senior in high school i don't know how to manage this so she broke she breaks up with him and i thought that was all fair i'm like yeah those were good choices that you made yeah i i think also fair and it kept referring to her skipping town it it referred to her over and over and over again as just getting up and leaving now i get people being upset that she didn't say goodbye like there was a really lovely speech by kit's younger brother who was like i always felt like a third wheel with the two of you and she's like no you were like a younger brother to me he's like then why don't you say goodbye to me because she's selfish because she's selfish but it was like really tender and that was like Mm -hmm. oh that 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 is affecting and that is definitely the kind of stuff that does keep you away from a hometown like all these people i should have said goodbye to who did mean so much Mm -hmm. to me but my feelings were more about needing to get out at the moment i feel like that was really good stuff but the thing is Mm -hmm. she'll have to go to college um yeah that's not skipping fucking town yeah and then Uh, yeah it just and then her parents moved away so you know her next home base was closer to philadelphia than the seven hour drive to new hampshire so yeah no i it's like i feel like you can't fault her she was still a kid she went to college and then she moved on with her life Mm -hmm. like can we fault her for not like calling yeah sure Mm -hmm. But like, also we grow up. And so the whole book, I kept thinking, why? Why the stress? Right. And like, I, like I said, I get all that. But then everything that she, every decision that she makes for the rest of her life is because of this guilt she feels for Kit, including quote falling in love with and deciding to marry the first guy she started dating after she left town. Orion and her met in college they were together for six years he seemed like a bad person like on top of him cheating on her she's like oh yeah he like brought out the worst in me like the stuff with the books which we'll get into because that part's really great um it's like yeah he like goaded me on to say these terrible things about people and it was just like well i didn't think i deserved better because i felt so guilty so i was just gonna stick with this guy and i'm like girl really yeah and then she like never went to never went back to the Ottenborough. So she only saw her grandfather when he um came back or came to 
Pennsylvania to visit for holidays. So it's like, what do you, what do you, girl? Anyway. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, it was. It was so weird, and I know it's a small, short book, so like mm-hmm. you really have to condense a lot of feelings and a lot of like. I don't know. There's got to be a lot that has to be sort of taken out so that you can just like get to the fucking romance. But then we get to the romance and well, Jesus fucking Christ, let's just like, let's get on a fast train that goes nowhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, so she has to get over her guilt, I guess. And, um, projects a bunch onto Kit. I'd like to read a passage because they're trying to figure out what to do with the house, right? So it it's her family home. It was her grandfather's. Before the book started, he gave it to the mom. So it's technically Amy's mom's house and the grandpa still lives there. And like the idea being as soon as grandpa can't live there anymore, she's going to sell the house because she doesn't want it. She doesn't need it. And then Amy's like, but no, it's my childhood home. And then he finds out that like the, the grandpa feels connected with his dead wife because they like started their family there and which is fair. Yeah. But the writer is even like barely like the grandpa's like, yeah, I guess I feel connected to it. I mean, this is the last bit I have of your grandmother. And he's well, just like, do, 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 do. He says that one thing and Amy runs with it because she has to project everything on everyone. Any, right. In any case, there are points where she's talking. And then Kit and Riley, who are grown-ass men who are brothers, still live downstairs, which I find a little odd, but whatever. Um, and so two things. One, she keeps arguing with Kit with, with stuff that comes up, which we'll get into. She's like, it's my childhood home. It's my family house. Mine, mine, mine. And it's like... It's also his childhood home. Also, it's more his home than yours because he still fucking lives there. What are you talking about? But it's not, he's not in the family. So sucks to be him, I guess. Even though that's, as far as we know, the only home he's ever known. And he still lives there. But they grew up together. Right. They grew up. Yeah. And she's like, but it's my childhood home. How dare you? How dare you? I'm just like, but... But she actually lives there. It's actually his home. It's his childhood home and his adult home. What are you doing? Also, she projects absolutely everything. So there's a point where they're talking about like, oh, well, I Amy's like, I insist that grandpa's going to be fine and he'll have the the house. And then we're going to do these plans, et cetera, et cetera. And then Kit says... Riley and I can always find a new place to live, he said casually. Like it was no biggie. Like he was finding out he might need to move out of some crappy sublet. Don't keep the house on our account. Just like that, huh? You'd find a new place to live in. Oh, well, whatever. Jeez, apparently Grandpa and I are the only ones attached to this place. Fucking what? Yeah. Like, what? No, she would fly off the handle at Kit for the slightest thing. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first things he says is, I don't know, something like, it's good to see you after all this time. And she goes, all this time. What do you mean by all this time? Yeah. And there's <laughs> like, because it's been a while since I've seen you. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I also haven't seen you for a long time. <laughs> there's a bit to Let me see if I can find it. Um, where he knocks on her door. Um, no. Oh, the shave and a haircut bit. Yeah. Um, so he does the da 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 da, and then she's like, uh, 
she basically is like, well, why don't you ever do the, you never do the two bits. I said, pulling the door open and finding Kit. Huh? The jingle goes, shave and a haircut. Two bits. Roger Rabbit would have exploded through the wall by now. That's because it's a call and response. I can't just do the two bits part by myself. Maybe you keep leaving me hanging. And from what we know of him, he's obviously just like making a cute joke because he's the nicest guy to have ever existed ever. (laughs) So then in her head, was that another subtle dig? Although the first dig, if Kit was to be believed, hadn't been a dig at all, but just my guilty conscience. Still, maybe you keep leave, you keep leaving me hanging was a loaded statement. And it's like, oh, girl, I don't, I am exhausted by the emotional and mental gymnastics you do to, like, justify the the closest thing we have to conflict to happen in this book. And even if it was a loaded statement, <clears throat> let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Like, fucking just let it go. Let it go. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Or, or talk to him about it. Sit down and actually have to... a conversation about why you left. And, and what then they meant. do. The conversation is a page. And then all of a sudden they're dating. Or they're halfway to halfway to getting married. Like, halfway to just... getting married. Um, and then she snoops through his apartment and finds a bright pink notebook with sketches and notes and things that basically is like oh it's 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 an idea to like turn the house into a and b mm-hmm. and there's a line that um really sets amy off which is fox unit gutted question mark and amy is like oh my god he's trying to do this he's trying to do that blah, blah, blah. he's trying to do, he's like he he doesn't care about my grandpa he doesn't care about my childhood blah 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 blah, blah. so then she confronts him about it and it's like, oh, you mean my dead mom's journal that you saw? That sh- this was like just a thing that she did in passing, like sort of a dream that she had to like turn this place into a and b Because the town of Autumnsboro is like very touristy and it like, because also we haven't even mentioned why the book is called Pumpkin Everything. Her grandma used to run a store called Pumpkin Everything where it would sell food candles clothing and everything smelt like tasted like or was covered with pumpkins and so it's like one of those towns where they sell everything that's christmas year round except in yeah this town it's fall year it's, round what do they what do they call it like the people who go out to places to see the leaves change on the east coast oh i don't know there's a word for it, like people who invade tiny towns to like watch the leaves change and then the town hates yeah. them but that's where all their money comes from so it's like that but with pumpkin and fall um also really fast there's a point where amy was like yeah I, you know peeping. like it's leaf peeping leaf peeping the leaf peepers thank you <laughs> that sounds real dirty um there's a point where amy's like sort of like oh i never really left autumn bro that she was like oh yeah my wedding was gonna be fall themed and everything and i just wanted to be like girl fall is not a theme (laughs) i'm sorry it's not whatever anyway so and the thing that gets me crazy too so she's ready to like break things off with Kit, never speak to him again, et cetera, et cetera, because she's like, oh, well, he's going to turn his house or my my childhood home into an Airbnb. And the thing is, one, 
They used to, like, a thing that they would do growing up is they would drive along the highway and see little, like, retro rundown hotels and sort of, like, fantasize about what they would do if they bought the hotel together. And then also, so he, um, Kit didn't go to college right after high school because he was dealing with uh, the loss of his mother and helping raise his younger brother, et cetera, et cetera. So he went to college later in life and he just finished his degree in like hotel management or something. Obviously it's like, Oh, so he wants to like pursue this, this dream or this fantasy that the, that the two of them had. That's very sweet. Um, so it's like, he's in a position that he's, he's ready to like actually start making moves on this. But he points out to Amy, he's like, I don't have the money to make any of this happen. Like I can't start doing renovations. I don't have the money on top of like being able to buy the house. So it's not even like we're on any sort of time frame here, but Amy is acting as if he is standing there with a sledgehammer ready to like tear down her bedroom walls and kneecap her grandfather. Yeah. And again, the book, the book has only brought up memories she has with Kit Mm-hmm. So the memories she has with Kit are, you know, their name. She wrote their names in her closet, uh, in you know, magic marker. Uh, she, you know, she has, she left perfume there that was Britney Spears smelling perfume, and that she still wears. She yeah. still wears it, and I'm like, the, okay, no, there's there's a lot. See, this is like. For me, the high school sweetheart we relive our high school days to show we're still in love with each other gets really tricky for me because it's just like if you are a grown ass woman who's still wearing the same perfume you wore in high school, who's also making all of your life's choices because of a decision you made in high school, there's some arrested development going on and you need to do work on yourself before you make big life choices like entering into a long term relationship or moving. (sighs) Yeah. There's also um, a bit at the end where like his sweeping romantic gesture to her is that he invites her to the prom, but it's not the high school prom. He like volunteers at the senior center. And so he like throws a prom dance for the seniors. And he's like, oh, you're taking me to the senior senior prom, which I thought was funny. But then also this sort of like, oh, we finally get to go to prom together. I, I find that really weird. I always find that really bizarre. Like, I mean, it's not... I'm down with it. I find it romantic. What I didn't find romantic was Amy constantly negging him about it. Oh, constantly. So, so she's like, oh, FYI, it's not prom time. Prom time happens in the spring. And he's like, uh, yeah, I know. We're uh, adults. We can do whatever we want. Just some a romantic gesture I'm doing <laughs> on your behalf. And then she's just like, Ugh. I mean, it's not really prom because, you know, these are seniors. And she's, he's like, yeah, what did you want? To dance with a bunch of high school students? Like, like I in, just... um, oh, <laughs> shit. What was the, the, it was one of the reality TV show books, right? Oh, Where they went God, to a prom. Yeah. Oh, that was that was awkward comfortable that was so uncomfortable Uh, again like i you know i i i do find it not great all the time but i do think it was it can be very sweet and romantic it wasn't here because she was resisting the entire time yeah anyway so then she uh after deciding what kit wants and what her grandfather wants she goes to talk to josie we have to talk about Josie. Oh, Josie. Josie 
is uh, a resident of Ottomsboro who won millions of dollars in the lotto and now she has nothing to do so she like will pick up coffee and like sandwiches and just sort of like pop around all the different local businesses to like chat with people and drop off food and like amy's like oh she's obviously very lonely in a way that's a little judgmental but i'm like yeah but she's also volunteering her time to like bring things to like she's just giving little gifts to people yeah um also Josie's a little much because when we show up it turns out that she watches uh the mom's qvc show sharon's closet and just if she likes something she buys it in every single color and she just like watches it religiously the grandpa does too but that makes sense because it's his daughter (laughs) josie's just like like, oh my god i love your family (laughs) i love your mom's show i bought all of her clothes that's how i imagined it at first i did imagine it at first that way (laughs) i also imagined it like she was single-handedly keeping this QVC show going. <laughs> yeah, also probably the town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then anyway, so we uh there's pumpkin everything and the the grandpa it's it's in better shape the businesses than Amy thought, but the grandpa can't like run it all the time, so they hire on Josie to help and she's like something to do. Great. And then she and Amy become friends. I I love Josie. She was a lot, but I loved her. And so there's the scene where Amy was talking to her. They go to she goes to Josie's house. They get wine oh God, drunk. I love this scene. This because is great. They're they're two white ladies, so they get wine drunk. And she's like, Oh my God, Kit's planning to turn this place into a B and B. And can you imagine that he would do something so heartless and blah blah blah? And she's like, But he's fulfilling his dead mom's dying wish. That doesn't seem. That seems the opposite of heartless to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, and, and then our main character has to go. Well, it wasn't her dying wish. It was just like a thing she thought of. And, <laughs> and then Josie's like, "But it's something she wanted, and it connects him to his mother." Yeah, but my grandfather. This is his only connection to his wife. And she goes, "But it's his only connection to his mother." And then also at this point, she's already talked to the grandpa. So, so Josie's like, "Well, what does grandpa say?" She's like, oh, well, he's actually fine leaving the house. Because it gets to the point that she's looking to, like, install one of those, like, elevator chairs to get him up the stairs and, like, renovating his house so that he can continue to live there. he's starting that maybe he may need help. (laughs) Yes. Also, I don't know why it was never suggested that he move into the downstairs unit, but what the fuck do I know? Right. Just switch. <laughs> Fucking, I thought that the whole time. It just why not just sell it now so that they can like, you know, build up the equity mm-hmm. because they own it, and then you just keep living there and paying them rent. Yeah. So it just switches back to them so they can start saving up so that you can stay there for as long. Like there was like a, there were so, so many, many solutions options that came into my head because this book was like can you think of anything else? It was like Dora the Explorer was like in that book saying like, and what do you think about this problem? I'm like, well, let me tell you what, girl. <laughs> I got solutions aplenty. Right. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, yeah, they end up together at the end. They turn it into a and b Blah, 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 blah. Uh, something that we really need to talk about. Her horror books. Her horror books. So also, oh, this really irked me. I don't know why. 
maybe just because out of jealousy that she's like, yeah, I found some um, success self-publishing right out of college. So right out of college, she's a, she's able to support herself as a self-published horror writer. Good for you, I guess. I guess um, uh, her horror book sounded horrible, by the they way. Did. <laughs> they did not sound. And I was like, you are not a horror writer because she comes back to town and Riley, her, you know, pseudo baby brother who's her you know who's kit's brother um works at the morgue now or the Mm -hmm. mortuary mortuary not the morgue the mortuary and she's like do you touch the dead bodies and she says it in a way that she's grossed out and i'm like bitch you're a horror writer (laughs) that's another thing too that like kit and riley's mom was like a second mom to her and she doesn't feel any affinity towards her enough to like entertain the idea any of her dying wish that wasn't her dying wish just like a journal she kept whatever it's mine anyway so um amy wrote a series of horror books based on Ottomsboro and the people in it and the town in her book is called like fallsburg or something yeah. <laughs> and i was like and oh everybody's names are only just like a word right a i'm like off. oh beth lebron you couldn't think of a second good uh fall themed town name okay that's fine anyway so there's a running joke throughout the book that everybody is like vaguely aware of her and her book series but nobody's read it and then as soon as she shows up everyone's like oh now that you're here maybe you should read your book and she's like no it's fine and then we find out that orion the ex-fiance would like have a really lean into being terrible about these people because he was a bad person um and so then every she runs into like three or four different townsfolk and they're like oh my god now that you're here and it's like there's a scene where kit's telling her a story he's like oh yeah i was talking to so-and-so and and he said that he was going to read your book and she's like why you and he has read them so he knows she's like why'd you let that happen he's like he downloaded it right then and there on his phone from amazon there was nothing i could do about this i also loved it that in part he knew and he was just he thought this was hilarious he thought it was hilarious (laughs) and so as it keeps happening i'm like i really hope this pays off it did I wish it paid off a little more, but it did pay off because all of a sudden people in town fucking hate her. <laughs> like there's a point cause her car broke down. And so she's talking to Ray or something, the mechanic. And he's like, well, it's a good thing you aren't talking to that Randy character who was obviously based on him from the book. I wish that there had been a point where the, like the townsfolk being mad at her was a direct barrier to her figuring something out figuring something out with kit like that she had to overcome that a bit more for the sake of the romance just to like tie it in a little bit more that would have been really satisfying to me but it was just like a funny thing that the writer was doing and it was fun it was cute it was it almost felt like there was some sort of personal growth that i guess she was making but it didn't really feel like she learned a lesson like don't write bad things about people. Like I, again, I also felt like it could have been easily explained away. Like, yeah, I wrote about the town because it's what I know about, but I wrote an alternate version. Mm -hmm. This town is lovely and delightful. I wrote a scary version. It's not you. Right. This is a version like, like that felt like an easy way to explain it away. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I was like, this town is also super into Halloween. <laughs> so why aren't they super into the alternate versions of themselves being well, murderers? I I 
I believe that people would react the way that these townspeople react. I believe to, so too. Yeah, I believe yeah, so yeah, too. Yeah. But I think it would have been more fun if they actually reacted opposite the way, just because you were just as what you were saying. Like she comes in and all she's doing is projecting her own thoughts onto mm-hmm. everybody else. And so if she's assuming that they all hate her and assuming this and assuming and finding out no, like She's just so wrapped up in her own thoughts that she's not actually seeing what's actually happening Mm. would have been a stronger lesson and could have tied in better to the romance. Yeah. Um, And so then she decides because she is deciding to stay. So she's like, well, I got to patch this over. So then suddenly she has an idea for a brand new book that takes place in the same world. But instead of being gory horror, it's like, cozy mystery and i'm like well obviously you're a self-published because you don't have an agent telling you that's not on brand (laughs) and that you should consider writing these under a pen name or something um and then she like does a reading of her unedited first draft and i'm like like a public reading i'm like girl what are you doing don't do that whatever um (laughs) Commas, problems. Commas, 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 commas. Maybe, maybe her reading her books aloud is like listening to a poet read their poetry, and it's like, oh, that's how it's meant to be read. Slam that's how you make sense mysteries. of all that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that's all I had. Yeah, yeah. I don't think like I don't think there was much else. Um. Uh, I guess we could talk very briefly. She, because she is planning her wedding around the smell, more or less, of uh-huh. pumpkin spice, it is filling her apartment. So she has an aversion to it now because. Uh, because Reminds it, her of Osiris. Right. Uh, and so over the course of the book, she has to gain a liking for it again. And so. Uh, I hated it because I was like, no, we're all allowed to hate the smell of pumpkin spice if we don't like it. <laughs> also, it's like, perfectly legitimate to be overwhelmed by that smell. Also, there's a point at which the smell goes away to you. Like your nose becomes numb to it. You know? Yeah. So like if her whole house smelt like that all the time, she would stop smelling that. Yeah. I had, oh, I had a friend in high school. She was really sweet. She was really great. Her parents had a lot of money, so she lived in this big house. And um, she would never wear the same outfit twice. She had that much clothing. And she had, like, seasonal... Anyway, but she was also very sweet. And she had a guinea pig in her room. So her bedroom always smelled like guinea pig. And I could tell that she didn't notice. Because it's her bedroom. So it smells like it smells. And so every time I hung out in her room, I was just like, Oh, God. And it would go away eventually because that's how noses work. Anyway, um, also fun fact: there's a little copyright block at the end of chapter two. I don't know if that, yeah, that was, was in the your version. Thing. <laughs> like, okay, I'm I assuming it was done with the book. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. I'm assuming that she wrote like that was an excerpt in another one of her books that's like new series coming out here's a sneak preview and she just copied and pasted the whole thing including the copyright block yeah i think that's possible i think that's really possible um so yeah i had fun with it except for amy and the romance 
I could have done entirely without Amy and the romance, but the town was fun. The town was fun. Kit sounded really sweet. Isaac Mizrahi comes to their party for no reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dre- she- Isaac Mizrahi and her mom show up at a Halloween thing wearing Obama masks. It was very bizarre. And then also, because I was curious, the next book is about Josie and Riley, and it is Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's cute. If it's I like them more. Although, why? Like, like, <laughs> why? like he's a, he works at a mortuary. It would have been so much better if his was during Halloween. <laughs> and Who this knows? one was during Thanksgiving. Uh, fine. Whatever. <laughs> so that was Pumpkin Everything by Beth Labonte. Spoken everything. Thankful. A sweet Thanksgiving romance by Edie Bryant. When Danielle comes home for Thanksgiving in an attempt to surprise her parents, things don't go well. She has always tried to foster a decent relationship with her parents, but despite this, there is a lot of tension between them. Tension that comes to a head when Danielle finds out that her parents have moved away from her hometown without even telling her, leaving her stranded in an empty house for the holidays. Fortunately, right across the street is Danielle's old best friend, Elise. They haven't seen each other in years, but when Elise sees Danielle alone and confused, she takes hold of the opportunity to invite her to Elise's family's Thanksgiving. As grateful as Danielle is, the romantic feelings she had tried to hide for years start bubbling up inside her, and she's not sure how to hold them back anymore. Needless to say, it's going to be an interesting Thanksgiving holiday. During this holiday season, Edie Bryant brings us a sweet Thanksgiving tale of love and reconnecting with those we've tr- we're truly thankful for. I just have to say, it's very obvious that the the that Edie Bryant wrote this herself, <laughs> based on clues. Uh, Claire. Clues, yes. So that's what the book says it's about. Uh huh. What is this book about? Um. All right. This book is an insane three days. It, it is. Oh my god! It's only three days. Yeah. Fuck. I Goodness. mean, it is. There's a lot happening. So, so Danielle goes home for Thanksgiving, but it appears from what happens she and her parents have not actually spoken to each other at length or in depth for maybe five years like that's the only explanation i can come up with for when she knocks on the door and there's no answer she calls her mom and her mom's like we don't have a doorbell and she's like no i'm ringing it right now i can hear it and she's like no we don't have a doorbell And she's like, well, I'm outside. She's like, that's not possible. I'm looking out our front door. And she's like, I'm standing at your front door. This goes on forever. This goes on forever. By now, I think everyone who's listening to me talk has caught up to the fact that, oh, they're not there. They've moved. (laughs) There's a point where Danielle's like, is my mom having early onset Alzheimer's? (laughs) No, girl. They left. They're, left. They're gone. So whatever state they're in right now, which I don't know, it's it's back east somewhere. There are no towns don't have names. States don't have names. The only 
place that is named in this book is New York City. Right. And that's not even where it takes place. That is not where it takes place. So, no. Um, her parents have moved from wherever they are. We're just going to say it's New Hampshire. I don't think it's New Hampshire, but let's say it's New Hampshire. To uh, Florida. <laughs> and she's like, I guess I can get on a plane to try to get there before tomorrow, which is Thanksgiving. And her mom's like, don't come. Uh, there's not enough room here for you. Even though, quite obviously, they are going to have people over. Yeah. <laughs> because she's like, I'm baking pies for tomorrow. Like <laughs> a lot of pies I have to make. And it's like... Wow. So her parents are fucking horror shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just now realized it. Like, just now. She's like, oh, we have a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've talked to other people, but <laughs> talk to them about how their parents are. But yeah. I don't think bad. she has because it sounds like she doesn't have any friends in New York. No. Um so this is also a second chance romance where somebody comes home uh, after living in the big city uh, to a very small town and meets up with their neighbor, who is somebody they kind of grew up with and then was best friends with and then more or less fell in love with. And then they left. In this book, both women have put their lives entirely on hold. And have experienced nothing except jobs between (laughs) the time where they last saw each other and now. Like, they have not had long-term or short-term real relationships. They have not uh, moved on with their lives, uh, except for the fact that I guess they maybe went to school. I don't really know. Uh, And, like, because... Danielle does IT, so she doesn't. She didn't have to go to college for that. So, but we don't hear about college. But I guess, um, and she makes a real good living in New York. And this was one of my favorite lines. She's like, "There's nothing really keeping me in New York except money. I do like money." (laughs) Yeah, this is like (laughs) she's. There's nothing about New York about being away from her hometown at all that like appeals to her so when it's like how are we gonna move forward it's like well girl you don't care about where you live so just move to be with the other lady like what how is this hard well and then at one point like i kept thinking it was like oh oh but wait does does elise live with her parents still no No, she lives in another town flew in and it seems to be long distance wherever she flew in from it was long distance and she's Mm -hmm. tired from the trip and and we don't that is literally another town is literally what it's referred to as the town where elise lives right at one point, Danielle's like, I did kind of one day when I was daydreaming, look into the town where Elise lives to see if there's any IT jobs. And there was none. And I was like, where does she live? <laughs> she lives She lives on, a, um, on an Amish farm. <laughs> they don't have IT jobs there. Well, and, and funny, Elise is a realtor. So... So she sells houses. It's like, oh, you just, you can do that anywhere, man. So it was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Anyway, this is not important. So she's. (laughs) Danielle is super sad and she's just like standing outside her childhood home. Like, okay, what now? And and Elise just comes out of nowhere and is like, Danielle. (laughs) And Danielle's like, oh God. (laughs) Um, 
so here starts a book that I thought I was going to enjoy reading. That whole first part I was confused by, but I felt like I'm probably going to be fine. This next part, I also was feeling like, okay, we're going to sink into this. And that she goes like best to her best friend's house, who's across the street, now that they're all grown up and adult people. And she's pretty much welcomed into what was her second home as a child. In some ways more her home than her home actually was yes i mean the parents are delightful she knows all of elise's family elise is a one you know at this point a warm and wonderful human being who's like of course you're going to stay with us for thanksgiving of course that's not a big deal like no tell me all about your life and we hear that you know danielle had like a crush on her but she's like well but it was she was my straight friend so i wasn't when i came out to her she was warm and wonderful but i wasn't going to also tell her i had a crush on her that's just you know i wasn't going to do that i wasn't going to put her in that awkward position and i was Mm -hmm. like this is great this is wonderful and we're going to find out that elise is bi and and we do like in the next we find out she was she's bi and she was just didn't really understand that about herself in high school and then later kind or of she came, did depending on what part of the book you're in fucking a um so and I, she's also got a crush on danielle and here's the end of the book that's good like we've now finished the and the book where it was like the characters were fully fleshed out and interesting now we get to the part where nothing makes sense and we're either going to be yelling at each other or making out (laughs) (laughs) only these two things happen and let me just say i would i would love the three chapters that bounced around between their two perspectives actually from the perspective of the cab driver and here's what oh my god yes (laughs) so Elise and Danielle end up going to a sort of welcome home, like bar bar thing where all of the high school people, because they're all there for Thanksgiving, are just sort of getting back together to say hi and that they've done this the last couple of years. That sounds great. I'm mm-hmm. down. And Elise is nervous because in drunken fits, she has told them all that she has had this big crush on Danielle for her whole life. And so they all understand that and know that about her. And now she doesn't want Danielle to be there amongst these people. And they might let it slip. Um, Danielle, on the other hand, is perfectly happy to go back because she's like, oh, that's right. People. People are neat. I can enjoy people. (laughs) And so she's having a grand old time. And then one of the friends does let it slip. She thinks they're together. We have to talk about Maya. Oh, Maya. 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 First, I'd like to read a passage from the book to give everyone a sense of the quality at which this book is written. (laughs) Maya and I had always been incredibly close and never came close to the intimacy I felt with Elise. But she was a close second. Elise was close to her, too. We were all pretty good friends. <laughs> no, literally, that whole... 136 first... pages of that, listeners. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was just like... And again, the first couple of chapters had no hint of this. And then it was just like... <laughs> it was just like this person gave up writing. They were just like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not being paid by the word or the minute. <laughs> or anything. I'm, I'm not being paid for editing. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, put it. We'll get into it later because we were talking about Maya, but I have so much to say about like the editing and the form of this book. Um, 
or we can get into it now um well, let's get into it in a second uh because okay. i definitely want to get back to this cab driver okay but first we have to talk about maya who just yes since danielle was there assumed that they were together even though so i also can't i feel like we were given conflicting information about whether or not elise and maya were still close or if they'd kept up at all like maybe they just see each other the the once a year for this kind of thing i don't know but maya saw elise and danielle show up together so she just assumed they were together and was like oh my god danielle I'm so glad you guys are together. Oh my god. Like, Elise never got over you. It was so crazy. Like, oh my god. And Daniel's like, what are you even talking about? And it's like, oh my god, that you're like together. It's like so cute. <laughs> and then when Elise and Maya have a conversation later, Maya's like, Danielle, or Elise, you need to talk to her. This is unacceptable behavior. You need to... And I was like, it's like fucking Rashomon with Maya. Whoever we're talking to, she's a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rasha Maya? Rasha Maya. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So, here it ensues, drunken lady dumbassery. <laughs> so- <laughs> Yay. That's one of my favorite pastimes. So Elise finds out that this is what happened and she takes Maya outside and drunkenly is like, Maya, how could you? Well, no, no, no. Danielle or Elise just walks out. She's like, fucking Maya? And then just leaves. Right. Maya chases her out. And like they ensue, they ensue a a, a heated conversation out on the sidewalk about what Maya has done. Maya's trying to apologize. Elise won't take it. Maya's like, you can't just walk the fuck out. You have to continue having this conversation now that it's broken open. And she's like, I refuse. And she's like, that's childish. She's like, I don't care. She hails a cab. She gets in the cab. The cab drives away. Danielle comes out. And Danielle is like, she just fucking left. And Maya's like, I need to wash my hands of this. (laughs) I I have not had enough skinny girl margaritas to deal with all of this. And Goodbye. so then Danielle and Maya then have sort of a heated conversation where Maya is desperately just trying to get the fuck out of this conversation because she's she apologizes again. She feels really awful. She doesn't know what to do. Danielle calls Elise and says, turn the fuck around and pick me up. Because <laughs> they didn't so, drive to the bar. Right. So then Elise tells the cab driver, go back and pick up her, pick her up. So the cab driver's like, okay. So the cab driver goes back. Uh, also, a cab driver in San Francisco would never. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, turns around. But they're, up, they're not in San Francisco. They're in town. Yeah, they're in, in town. state. In state. So comes back around, picks up Danielle. It's Danielle pouring rain. Elise start screaming at each other in this cab <laughs> about hurt feelings it makes no sense and then (laughs) and then danielle's had enough of this and decides tells the cab to stop driving and gets out (laughs) just walks onto the side of the road while it's pouring rain and into like a field (laughs) yeah it it felt like fieldy or foresty or something some sort of meadow (laughs) (laughs) nice meadow and it's like we what? can't tell the topography because we don't even know what state we're in. It's like 11 at night. It's pouring rain. It's black as pitch out there. And it's a goddamn meadow. She runs out into it. 
and followed by Elise, they have a screaming match in the middle of the meadow and then start making out. (laughs) And then they are like, we shouldn't do this in the meadow. Let's go back to the cab who is magically still waiting for them and decided he's going to he wants to see how this ends. That does isn't what's said in the book, but that's what I imagine is going through his head. He's like, I just got to know what happens next. Yeah. They get in the cab and they're just making out in the cab now. <laughs> and like, <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, these two are so fucking drunk. And it turns Messy. out they were like two blocks away from her house. <laughs> 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 I just want that entire sequence from his perspective. Oh, God. Just perfect. So the crux of the argument is Danielle thinks that Elise, uh, Danielle is hurt because Elise didn't tell her that she was bi or queer when they were growing up. And so withheld this important piece of herself from who she thought was her best friend. Um, Elise thinks that Danielle is angry at her. Also when, Danielle came out to Elise and didn't say, also, I'm in love with you. Elise assumed that meant that Danielle would never be in love with her ever. Right. Because that's how coming out works. You just have to like be in love with the person you're talking to or you never will be. Never. So they have a screaming match, which makes no sense, but they Mm -hmm. have it for an extended period of time and then they make out and then they come into the house and go up to the room and they have uh, sex in quite possibly one of the worst written lesbian scenes we've ever read. No, they don't have sex yet because they're both too drunk. Oh, right. Because they're too drunk. I did appreciate this, that they couldn't. So because Danielle had the spins. Because she doesn't go out or see people or do things. Yeah, so she fucking lives she, in New York. She's, used, she's not used to drinking, so she got a lot drunker. Um she was like, I feel there's a point I did kind of appreciate this. She's like, Elise and I are about the same size and have the same to drink. How come she's doing so much better than I am? And Elise like, is yeah, like, that's... I've enjoyed my drinking years. <laughs> yeah. Yup. Um, um, so they go to sleep and then they wake up. It's Thanksgiving Day and that's when they have sex. Cause they're, okay. The mom comes up, knocks on the door and is like, okay, girls, could you be down in 20 minutes to help me with something? And they're like, we only have 20 minutes. Let's have sex for the first time right now. And then the narrative tells us it lasts 10 minutes. That's it. The narrative said 10 minutes later, we came. Yeah. Um, I have to say <sighs> now I read out part of it anyway. Um, there is an errant period in there, which is hilarious. It is, I don't, I didn't want the moment to be here. That's it. I didn't want the moment to be here. Period. Lowercase O on the, on the contrary, I wanted to play with her all day. What? We've read Chuck Tingle books that were better. (laughs) I think it was meant to be a comma, but even then it's poorly written. Yeah. I, yeah, so it was just, and the whole, you know, yeah, it was very frustrating. It it also didn't feel sensual. It didn't feel sexy. It felt also weirdly pornographic in what was supposed to be a sweet romance. There was a moment I was like, is this a dude? <laughs> and I know there's a, I know that Edie Bryant has written an awful lot of, uh, female, female romances and a lot of them sweet ones, but I, 
ah, this did not like that line that especially was like in the way only a woman can. I was like, is that what women think when they're going down on each other? It's like, I'm a lesbian who's only ever gone down on a woman. Well, and let me tell some, you what, I'm going to think about that. There's some <laughs> weird uh, antiquated notions around sexuality that we need to get into. That, uh, And by get into, I mean Neil's going to scream about. Oh, yeah. um, but I think that goes hand in hand with like, only another woman could know how to please a woman. Yeah, I, I, I was not, oh, okay, I, I just got a comment. Okay, anyway, I just read something that is interesting. Anyway, so I just, I didn't like it. I didn't Are you not going to share it with us? I will in just a second. Okay. This is, but I think it's going to go better after your rant. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, they have Thanksgiving dinner. They're already talking about moving in with each other in you know, code over Thanksgiving meal. And I'm like, wow, you again, 24 hours. You haven't even seen each other for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Also, we meet all the family members that are not important. They're just there to be there. Um, And then Elise wants to tell her mom that she's, you know, going to like be with this girl. And then Elise's mom has a stroke. And this was a heart-wrenching part to read because it did feel really real Mm -hmm. um and it was and i was like this is not this doesn't belong in this book like what is happening here this is an inappropriate for this sweet romance and um elise entirely forgets that danielle exists (laughs) which fair because they've only seen each other for the last uh 12 hours (laughs) there were there were some moments because by then they had sort of talked about okay also in danielle's mind there's this weird time limit of they only have through the weekend where she got this idea i do not know that's not implied by anything else other than danielle's brain um but they also have sort of talked about being together like you said elise has like said in code like i would sort of like uproot my life for the right person uh, indicating basically being like Danielle, you're that right person, so I will uproot my life for you. Anyway, so they've sort of talked about a future, kind of. Something that I found really interesting uh, in this book was while Elise was dealing with the medical emergency with her mother, she was like, well, now I can't I can't be with Danielle. And at first I was like, fucking why? But then she gets into it and like she has this picture in her mind of what she wants her life to look like, which is that she will find the right person. They'll have kids. They'll visit the mom. The mom will be a great grandma. She'll love being a grandma. She will like make the holidays as special for the grandkids as she did for her own children and like the extended family and all of that. So she has this very clear image in her mind of what she wants and it's a lot of it is centered around her mother. And if she's like, well, if mom dies, then I can never have that. And so then I don't want any of it because it's not what I want. It, like, there's no way it can be what I want it to be. So I don't want any of it. And 
I think it's it's in, it's an interesting place for her to be. It also makes perfect sense because then we like are sort of hour by hour with her dealing with like the fallout of the mom. And so it's not like, oh, three years later, she still doesn't want love or whatever. It's just like this is her sort of like dealing with the stress of it and like thinking through what will happen if the worst happens. And I just found that to be really interesting and like like we've not seen anything like that before in any of the books that we've read. So I actually appreciated this like kind of different way of like, Oh, well like because of this other thing other than like the person I'm in love with, but like, because my mom is so important to me, if she's not there, then I can't have happiness in the way that I want it to look. So I'm just like not going to have any of it. I thought it was interesting and I thought it was mostly well done despite how this book was written. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that to a degree, but like, it was, it was something interesting to happen in this book. It was something interesting that happened in this book, but it was, again, it was so speed of lightning fast. Like it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And then as soon as the mom's like health stuff is resolved also the romance stuff is automatically resolved Mm -hmm. because danielle is a smart enough person anyway the book is written her in such way she's like she's just going through a thing right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's dealing with some stress and like it's not like we're partners or anything so i'm just gonna give her her space yeah so i kind of appreciated that i was like okay yeah no that sounds good but it was also like again it just meant that these two people who purportedly love each other had just they went from hello nice to see you uh screaming match kissing hello nice to see you kissing hello nice to see you screaming match hello nice to see you kissing and i'm like very rushed sex 48 hours and i'm like jesus christ it is too much for me yeah 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 also so there was a point by the time they were like talking about the future, which I feel like was like at least 50% in the book, maybe later, I was like, I have half of this book left. What's going to happen? And it almost felt like that the author was like, well, this is a sweet romance, so they can't have a fight. So what should I do? Uh, mom has a stroke, I guess. Yeah. It was, it was a little weird. And like you said, just like very out of place for this otherwise just like very sweet kind of bland romance. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Anyway, so they end up together. Um, Before, so go on your rant. Okay. Head into it. I have a couple. One of them is about uh, bisexuality. Something that I do appreciate about this book, it says the word bisexual. A lot of Yay! a lot of books don't. A lot of books will have bi characters who are like, I'm just not into labels. And like, listen, you don't have to be into labels if you don't want to be into labels. But also there are bisexual people and pan people who identify as such and like say the word. So it, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, the the concept of bi erasure is very much a thing, and it's very much like for whatever reason, because of connotations that we have around bisexual people, that we don't want to say by bis- that a character is bisexual because then we'll feel some kind of way or whatever. So I appreciated that this 
book said bisexual, at least identified as bisexual. She was out to everyone except Danielle and like everyone was fine with it. Like, um, I think even the, the grandma was like, are you going to find a nice, a nice man or woman to settle down with? (laughs) At one point she was like, give me grandbabies. I'm like, you're talking to one of your grandbabies. What are you talking about? Anyway. I know. I was like, anyway. Um, so I appreciated that. What I did not appreciate is one, we don't really have a firm grip of Elise's journey. It, there's a scene where she says that like she was able to kind of ignore her attraction to women because she was also attracted to men and she's like oh well that's what I'm supposed to do so I'll just like lean into that and it wasn't until college that she like really thought about that analyzed it realized things about herself so I mean like it it seemed like it wasn't until college that she was aware that she was bisexual and like fully conscious of the way that she was attracted to women. But then there are other points in the book where it seems like she was attracted, like she was aware that she was attracted to Danielle in high school, but wasn't. And I don't know, like when she realized she was attracted to Danielle is very murky, but the way that Danielle reacts to this is basically being like, oh, well, Elise spent all those years lying to me. She was fake with me. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, girl, listen. If you are queer and your best friend doesn't come out to you about being queer, it's not about you at all. It's about something else that they're dealing with. And it's not them being fake with you. It's not them lying to you. It's not them keeping secrets from you. It's them dealing with shit. So, and it even says in the narrative, like there's a chapter in Danielle's head where it's like, you know, now that we talked about why, why we each thought that we couldn't make a move on the other. I mean, I thought my reasons were a little more valid than hers, but whatever, I'll move on because I'm the bigger person. I'm like, that's going to ruin your relationship because that's going to come up in some matter of time. I hope it comes up before the kids do because don't want that to be the case. It just was really gross to me that Danielle was like, my friend wasn't out to me and I was in love with her. So imagine what we could have had if she was out. But instead of like talking about that i'm just going to assume that she lied to me and was fake and it was gross and i did not like it at all no i mean and then it went to the fake and fake stuff so fast like oh she was so immediately i'm sorry like you spent your entire life with this person and you think they were fake also she's like how come she never told me you literally stopped talking to her the minute you left this town you did not keep up the friendship they haven't spoken since um danielle moved away Danielle has not made the effort to maintain the friendship. You can't get mad at someone not telling you about their lives because you didn't put forth the effort to be friends with them anymore. Well, and also like like, on you, girl, unlike pumpkin, everything, uh, there's no reason here. She just Mm -hmm. left like, and again, I have, I feel like that's fine. That was something because I read this book after pumpkin, everything, Mm because I thought it would be good. So I was, 
like, oh, no, of course, this makes more sense. Like you just grow up and you grow apart sometimes, even with people you were super duper close to with for years. Like, that's fine. And then you can feel guilt about it later when you come back. That also makes sense. So like, mm -hmm. I thought this was a better, more adult version of what was in Pumpkin Everything. And then I was like, wow, but no, apparently you are this angry at her that you can have a screaming match in the middle of the rain and in the street and in a bar and call her fake when you didn't even call her back? Like, I don't, mm -hmm. like, what exactly the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. So that was gross. My other rant is about things like um, every single paragraph in this book is two or three sentences long. <laughs> uh, there are points where I think Danielle and Elise switch names at some point because we're in uh, Danielle chapters and Elise gets called Danielle at least three times throughout the book. Um, there's a point where the narrative says, so I know what you're probably thinking. And I highlighted that and I said, don't talk to me. I don't know you. We're not friends. Um, things contradict themselves. There's a point where uh, Danielle is saying, I loved her family just as much as I loved her. No, not quite. I loved her an exorbitant amount. Nothing could compare to how much I loved her. And then later in the book, she says, I love them just as much as I love her. And then um, also, as also with this passage, I loved her family as much as I loved her. No, not quite. I loved her an exorbitant It's like, just say things that are true. Don't say something and then give me a qualifier and then have to explain it. And something like, okay, listen, parts of this, if we're being generous, it's like quasi stream of consciousness. We're seeing it, it's a first person perspective narrative. We're seeing them have these realizations in real time. And so there's sort of like, here's the thing that I think is true. Oh no, actually I've realized something else to be true and sure. Fine. But then it's like, it says stuff about like, where the ha like the the layout of the house it's like oh the table was over here oh but actually it was bigger than that because of this and this i'm like just say something that's true <laughs> just say true things to me why are we oh just say oh. one true thing it, it was so bizarre to me and i i just i just i just uh. also there's one point um oh here's a here's a really fun passage about the table um uh talking about the table it was going to sit all of us with a few extra seats to spare which was impressive the table pretty much spanned the room though it didn't always elise's father had put a leaf in it and grabbed some extra chairs from the garage i'm bored also why not just be like also like everything was so very surface for danielle she's like oh i felt so happy about that we don't know why we don't know what about it made her happy i i'm alone on thanksgiving and i feel weird about it okay tell me more tell me more about that and there's a point where she's talking to uh elisa's mom and she's like yeah i guess i don't really do anything in new york i just kind of work and hang out in my expensive apartment and i guess that's weird what did you want your life to look like what do you want to be doing tell me anything about who you are or what you want so i understand your feelings about absolutely anything one more thing, and then I can get off this rant. Because no, it, go, oh. keep, go, 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 go. So there's a passage that says, I kind of had a thing for Thanksgiving food, and I wrote the note, what a unique and interesting character choice. <laughs> <laughs> mm 
Yeah, that's that's so that's so quirky of her that she likes Thanksgiving food. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> this book was not good. It was not fun to read. No. It's it's no. It's, it's it's bad. It there bad there are boring. errant periods. There are paragraphs or sentences that get broken up between paragraphs like <sighs> she wrote this thing and never looked at it ever again. And then put it on the internet and made us pay her for it. <sighs> yeah, no, it was it was not good. It was not good. Um, there is a comment uh, or a review on this book that states, this is a female-female romance which started out as a male-male romance titled <sighs> Cold Turkey. Names and pronouns have been changed along with certain anatomical details, but otherwise they appear to be the same book. Several incorrect name and pronoun conversions serve as clues to this. I knew it. There were a couple of times that it said he instead of she, and I highlighted that. I was like, did this used to be a straight book? <gasps> oh, I, I feel vindicated. So um, I looked up cold turkey, and um, some of it's on Wattpad, and it does not... I, it's it doesn't seem to be the same book like there are you know there's a great many like similarities but it's just like cold turkey is also a uh i've you know is also a second chance romance where somebody returns back to their hometown and but it seems to be entirely is it, different is but, it by the same writer no it's a different writer <gasps> but i'm wondering but the way cold turkey looks like it was written i'm kind of wondering if it's supposed to be like a switch perspective like you see it from one person's and then the other um and then they just wrote this book instead i don't know all i know is like am sneed which is the one who wrote cold turkey um claims to have also like is different than like this person, like they don't have the same books in the same catalog, Edie Bryant and AMC, but I'm willing to bet like, you know, some of these are just pumped out money makers. Who knows? It was probably the same person. And I'm willing to bet like a draft just changed and they just changed the names. Mm. Um, I, I feel like I'm the Hercule Poirot of poorly made queer romance. <laughs> <laughs> I think not so poorly too. made like uh in genuine queer romance yeah no this is not mm. a good book it was not a good uh, book and you know what claire i'm thankful that we don't have to talk about it anymore <laughs> <laughs> also it did have thanksgiving so you know it gets uh, half a point for that you know it like writing your name on the sat get half a point yeah. or whatever well you know it just means that you know i was able to correctly figure that out yeah. anyway that was thankful a sweet thanksgiving romance by edie bryant or was it <laughs> <laughs> neil yes uh... shall we play a game yes please all right which game shall we play let's play fuck mary kill are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna do two today, just so you know. All right, you go first then. Should I do one and you do one and I do one? Yes. Okay. 
So fuck Mary Kill, Kit, Elise, and Riley. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to kill Elise, mm-hmm. which is fine because she's not a real person. Um, <laughs> but she has that full, full life in town, comma, state. <laughs> As a realtor. As a realtor. Um, I... <laughs> I think so. I'm going to kill Elise because I am going to marry Kit because Mm -hmm. he's very nice and has ambitions and plans and funny. He's goofy and romantic. And I am going to fuck Riley, even though it's weird. They're brothers. Um, You know, I think I think Riley would be down for a quiet secret fuck in the mortuary. (laughs) Claire. He has a house, but I'm glad you did it in the mortuary. Well, I wouldn't want to do it in the apartment he shares with his brother, which is downstairs from a whole family house. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, I can understand one of them still living there because it's, I imagine it's, it's at least, oh, is one of them in the parents' old room? We don't know how many bedrooms it is. It's two or three bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure the rent is super cheap. I mean, it really, like, all I kept thinking of was, like, a San, one of those San Francisco houses where it was, you know, there's, you know. One of the just, stacked Victorians. Yeah, one of the stacked Victorians where yeah. it's, like, the two doors, front doors are right next door to each other. But one of them, you know, occupies the downstairs, one occupies the upstairs. And they're basically the same floor plan and mm-hmm. the same size, except the upstairs one also has the next floor up. Yeah. She does have that little two tower. Floors up. She has her little tower that she writes in. That sounded really nice. Oh, yeah. No. Anybody who's ever seen Hocus Pocus is like, I want to tour it. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's my decisions. Okay. I would do the same. Elise seemed perfectly lovely, um, but she is made of cardboard. And listen, I can't decide to marry her because I don't know if I like town, comma, state. So, <laughs> I don't know. Her family seemed nice. That's one thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I would also... mom was able to pick up the thread of exactly where they left off in the conversation and prioritize it over her own health after she got out of that stroke. Yup. Yep, <laughs> she yep, was yep, just yep. like, woke up out of that stroke. They took out the tube, the intubation tube, and she was just like, Elise, I need a second. <laughs> So here's the thing too. So like the, she was, she was talking to the mom and she's like, I'm in love with Danielle. And the mom was like, I don't think this is your path. And then she collapses. And so then Danielle is like, Oh my God, my mom or Elise is like, my mom doesn't want me to be with Danielle. And if she dies with me knowing that and not talking about it, I don't know if I can be with Danielle because I love my mom so much. And I care so much about what she thinks. None of that was hinted at at any point in this book. No. Not even once. Anyway, so I'm going to kill her. Sorry. Um, I'm going to fuck Riley. I bet it can get weird, but in a fun way. Also, he's into Pokemon Go. So I think he's kind of nerdy and he and I can bond over that. And it'll be fine. It will not be in the mortuary. I don't want to be near dead people when I'm having sex. Um, And then I'm also going to marry Kit because he seemed real handsome very nice 
very sweet, like you said, ambitious and like pursuing those ambitions, making it work. So handy. So yeah. So he's great. So those are my those are my choices. Awesome. Well, um, I'm gonna go with Neil. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Pumpkin spice lattes. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin spice candles. Uh-huh. Pumpkin spice cookies. Okay. I'm going to marry them cookies. <laughs> and then people will be like, where's your cookie spouse? And I'll be like, nowhere. It's fine. And then I'll get arrested <laughs> for murdering my spouse because I ate them. <laughs> and then I think I'll fuck the candle. Oh. I don't want it all the time. I like. Okay. I am white. So I enjoy pumpkin spice. Has pumpkin spice gone too far? Yes. <laughs> Do I only want it during certain months of the year? Yes. So I'll take out that candle. I'll fuck it for like a month and then I'll put it away until next year. <laughs> and I'm going to kill this pumpkin spice latte only because, well, two reasons. One, um, I don't drink coffee. And two, I when I think of pumpkin spice latte, I think of Starbucks and they're trying to keep their employees from unionizing. So fuck those guys. Uh, so that's why I'm yes. gonna kill the PSL. What about you, Claire? Well, I feel guilty about this decision now, but I am going to fuck the pumpkin spice latte because I think it is delicious. Sure. But also so, I have found that you can get it other places now <laughs> that it has been overwhelmingly around the mm-hmm. world. And not that I'm looking down my nose at pumpkin spice lattes. My fall drink that I enjoy when I, if and when I go to a Starbucks, is a uh, uh, soy chai with a pump of pumpkin in it. Ah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spice on spice on spice. Yes. All uh, yes. Yeah. No, I. Uh, that sounds good. I like a pumpkin spice latte because mm-hmm. also. I feel like the word pumpkin is thrown around too much. It's just a spiced latte. <laughs> it's just a flavored latte. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Um, obviously, the spiced cookies are a yes. And mm-hmm. I am also going to marry those because those forever, those year round. Absolutely. Pumpkin. And here's the thing. Oh, so I have a question. Are these pumpkin spice cookies that's just the pumpkin spice or do they have pumpkin in them? Oh, uh, no, they are not pumpkin cookies, but they could be, Ugh. but they are not. Because I like, I have a recipe for a really good pumpkin spice bunt that has the spices, but it also has pumpkin in it. I, I prefer it to have the actual pumpkin in it as well, not just the spices. No, I, I love the pumpkin. I think their pumpkin cookies are delicious, but no, we're just doing the spices this time. Okay. Uh, I'm still marrying them because baked goods. I'm going to kill the candle because I I do love a scented candle. I have scented candles about. I find pumpkin spice candle scents cloying. A lot of them are. Yes. Yeah. And like sometimes like too plastic smelling in addition Mm. to being like Mm -hmm, overwhelmingly mm -hmm. cinnamon and clove without Mm -hmm. like having, you know, I would rather. And I'm also not a big cinnamon fan for candles Mm. at all. I feel like that's a mistake <laughs> that was made by people who are assholes. That <laughs> they thrust that upon us. By people who live at a Michael's craft store. 
Oh my God. Like Yankee Candle just decided they Yankee Candle has something against us. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but they've convinced wonderful people who are lovely grandmothers and mothers across these United States <laughs> to bring us the horror of the Yankee Candle all the time. And yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> and they are in particular the cinnamon connoiss candle connoisseurs, and it's bad. I'm not a fan of cinnamon cinnamon candles, and I do feel like that happens with the pumpkin spice ones all the time. Mm. Not on board. Not on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said that, I assumed a well-balanced candle. I mean, even a well-balanced candle for me, like, it's just not the right. I will take, like, but I also like some subtler smells with my candles. Mm, I like, mm -hmm. I mean, a lavender bergamot is where I'm at. Girl. Right. Uh, but that's not on the table. I know it's not. That's why I'm killing it. <laughs> Fair. See, I feel like, so my roommate loves candles. She has too many candles. And one of them is like a pumpkin trace leches candle. No, pumpkin dolce de leche candle. And it is a bit much, but when it's chilly out and you put it in the kitchen and crack the windows a little bit, so then it just kind of smells vaguely pumpkin-y coming from the kitchen and sweet. That's and it's not it can get cloying, but when I'm when my sinuses are clear, it's not terribly cloying. Um so yeah, that's what I would do. I'd put it I'd fuck it in the kitchen so that it <laughs> smelled like I had baked goods coming. <laughs> anyway. All right. Next. Um so bonus. Very on par with yours, actually, Claire. Mm -hmm. Fuck Mary Kill. Mashed potatoes, <gasps> stuffing, or green bean casserole. I have exact same one <laughs> as my as my secondary just in case <laughs> great great i'm oh glad oh my god <laughs> it's on my side bitches <laughs> <laughs> which are the best parts like listen don't get me wrong a nice slice of turkey with some cranberry is great i'm here for the side bitches um oh goodness 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 okay i'm sorry i'm gonna have to marry mashed potatoes mm -hmm. that's a year-round joy mm -hmm. that um i like in college i would often make too many mashed potatoes and i would eat that all week like an like some kind of weirdo i'm just like <laughs> sitting with my butter and mashed potatoes <laughs> watching watching friends <laughs> so white on white on white Oh, arr, arr. <laughs> Give me that gluten. <laughs> I need starch. <laughs> I need starch and mild comedy. Mm, fatty starch Great. and salt. Love yeah, it. so I'm going to marry mashed potatoes. Uh -huh. um, uh, I am going to fuck green bean casserole. Mm -hmm. um, I have gone back and forth on, on that side dish a many a time. But I've had it, I, I myself have made it okay, but I've had it where it was so good, where those green beans were just snappy perfect, and like the onions were caramelized, and it was like very creamy, but like spicy, sweet, crunchy, it was perfect. And I will have that green bean casserole any day, and I'll fuck it, but I tell you what, it's not always good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm willing to like, my. <laughs> I have never been a fan of um, stuffing, and I have tried 
Um, a friend of mine makes um, uh, a Portuguese dish, which is like stuffing because it's got bread in it and it's got, but it also has sausage and other sorts of things. But it has never been cooked inside of another meat. Like it is always <laughs> intended to be cooked to the side. It's called something else entirely mm -hmm. and it is fucking delicious. This little bread meat salad thing. What's it, what's <laughs> that it she... called when it's just on the side? I don't know. Stuffing? There's another... People call it something else also. I don't know. But anyway, except for oh that, whatever that particular dish is that my friend Emily makes, um, I'm, I'm going to kill all stuffing. Neil. Yes. And you? Um, dressing. Dressing. Oh. Uh, anyway. Okay. Um, I kind of shot myself in the foot with this because I've actually never had green bean casserole. Oh. I've also never had the sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Um, and I think, th I think this is why. So my mom, uh, is from Canada. She moved here when she was like nine, I think. And she's the third eldest. So she's the she's the third kid, um, and I think when my when her family moved to the United States, someone was just like, "Hey, uh, Lorraine, which was my nana's name, uh, you have to make Thanksgiving dinners now, like Americans do." And she's like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> they're like mashed potatoes, okay, turkey, yeah, got that, bread rolls, okay, sure, cranberry sauce, yeah, sure, green bean casserole." And she's like, "I don't know what that is, so I'm just gonna." Make green beans? I don't know. So growing up, I, and then like when we would have Thanksgiving with my mom's side of the family, it was just like, we never had the like very quintessential things. And I think it's because my, her family moved here in the, it would have been the late fifties, I think. And they're just like, we got to figure out Thanksgiving and nobody's telling us quite what to do. So whatever. Anyway, all this to say, I'm going to marry the mashed potatoes. Uh, and actually growing up, we really only had mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So mashed potatoes are very special to me. I love them so very much and I don't have them very often. So they're the best. Um, I've also never been a fan of stuffing. And I'm sure there's a good green bean casserole out there, but the like... You just soak it in Campbell's cream of mushroom soup and put the crispy onions on top. It does not sound good to me at all. So I think I'm going to fuck the stuffing because at least it's bread. <laughs> I, um, I've, my mother never made green bean casserole. Like that was not a thing that my mom made. And mm. I, we never had sweet potato, uh, with, marshmallows ever either like that was like that that was a revelation to me when i saw that on tv i was like what what, what? is that who is doing what now isn't that dessert <laughs> didn't even look like we didn't we, we rarely had sweet potatoes so like that mm. was also just not a thing that was in my house in general so it was uh it was all new world when i discovered yeah. other people's houses <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear oh my god this is this is a dumb story. Maybe I should save it for the extended episode. Oh, oh you should. Save okay. it for the extended. 
Okay, listeners, if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon and want to hear a dumb story about <laughs> Neil having to suffer through Thanksgiving in the UK with these two really bitchy girls, um, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash fmklitpod, and you'll get to hear that story. It's such a dumb story. Oh, those bitches were such bitches. Anyway, so I think I'm going to fuck the stuffing and kill the green bean casserole. Sounds good. I love green beans, but that just sounds really gross to me. So I'm going to kill it. Excellent, excellent. And the characters? Of the, of the characters, yes. Do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, okay. I think I'm going to marry Kit. I love okay. Kit. I just love everything about Kit, like, uh, except for the way he was written. But, like, um, I like Kit, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry him, and I think that's going to work out great. And I'm still going to fuck his brother, because, yeah. I mean, I could fuck Josie, or I could marry Josie. I like her very much, but honestly, I think there's something a little wrong with her, and I don't know what it is. But, um, uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, Riley and I am going to kill Danielle because mm-hmm. I think, um, she was the instigator of that book and I'm just going to punish her for it. If and she just stayed in New York, none of us would have had to have gone through any of it. she just stayed in New York, like what the fuck was she thinking? Like, there was a, visit there's my a, family who I haven't talked to in five years. There's a part two where she's like, it never bothered me being alone for the holidays, but like this year it did. It was really weird get into it otherwise that's just a plot device like fuck um i'm gonna fuck kit they only ever kissed obviously because it became a hallmark movie so all they do is kiss (laughs) um i'm gonna marry josie i agree that there's something going on there obviously riley's magic lips will fix it we can't say magic dick because it's hallmark appropriate so they don't have sex they're just all Barbie Ken dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the next book is Riley's magic lips. will fix it. But I feel like Josie and I would have a lot of fun. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Um, and we just like bop around bringing, well, she has her job now. So I guess I just bop around and like bring sandwiches to people and <laughs> get to spend her money. That all sounds great. Um, sounds delightful. I <laughs> help her with her shopping addiction. Maybe. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also going to kill Danielle. <laughs> Just like, I can't. Because it's her fault. Because it's all her fault. <laughs> all of it. Everything. Everything. Goodness. Ugh. And the books, Claire? Um, oh, I'm going to kill both of them. Mm. Like, no, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, pumpkin pumpkin everything cute whatever it's fine but i'm sorry the crimes of amy just do not overcome any of it any of its like fun things i'm willing to bet that this is a semi-fun hallmark show like that of the hallmark movies this is not the worst of them you know we're gonna find out i know uh but honestly i'm gonna kill it I'm going to kill them both. Like, uh, okay. are are the crimes of thankful worse? Yes. Yes. But is that how we punish things? No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't judge them against each other. We judge them on their own merits. And on their sometimes, own merits, they both should die. <laughs> sometimes I do judge them against each other. <laughs> like, if I, if I am mad at one so much less than the other, <laughs> then I'm like, I can't kill both of these. 
The death penalty is relative, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, I'm going to kill them both also. Thankful is bad. It's Thankful is bad. Thankful was a crime. It's badly written. It doesn't make sense. The romance was not great. The characters weren't great. Other than the mom, there was like nothing truly redeeming about that book. I, and like the the weird duality that is Maya. Um, and then Pumpkin Everything, parts of it were really fun. There was one part that I really enjoyed where um, when she's first settling in with Grandpa and he like takes her to her old room to see that it's like almost exactly how it was. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can just stay here. The dust is free, but you got to pay to use the John. I'm like, oh, Grandpa, you're so funny. Um, also, his girlfriend. Oh, what was her name? It's like Margie or something. And I had some girlfriend that was that was bananas. And then the bit with like the people being like, oh, now that you're here, I'll actually read your books. And <laughs> parts of it were really funny that I really enjoyed. But Amy is not fun to be with and we're inside her head for the whole book it's solely from her perspective and like it wasn't fun being there and i felt that kit deserved better than her yeah so yeah no i agree kit deserved somebody who actually liked him yeah and didn't just uh want to go back with him out of a weird misplaced sense of guilt yep so that he could be a, a screen on which she could project all of her feelings. Yep. Blech. Blech. Are we ready for another game? I'm ready for another game. <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed that. Christine, yes! Okay. One of these, I'm not reading the entire title because the parenthetical gives it away. Okay. Um... But there's enough. Oh, oh, okay. Um, oh. There's a. I was like, how do you? Okay, that makes sense. Um, I th- there's enough that it can help. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so next time, we're we're back to our regular uh, recording schedule, listeners, and apparently that makes us bonkers too. Who knew? <laughs> okay. I think it's just current times that Could are just rotting our brains <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so the past couple of years words have been hard but like i feel like in the last month it could be because i never leave my house anymore um just like i'm trying to have a conversation with someone and i just forget words like mm-hmm. simple common words yeah i think my brain is soup yeah these headphones are the only things that are keeping my brain inside my skull right now <laughs> I anyway. feel like I lose my train of thought mid-sentence fairly frequently <laughs> now, and I always feel like, I mean, we know my relationship with sports, but I feel like I've like caught a Hail Mary pass like down the field whenever I like pull it around to this is what you were talking about and nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a couple times too. Yeah, there's like yeah. cheering in my head like she got it. She, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> <laughs> she finished a sentence. Oh my god, a point was made. <laughs> Goodness. I rest my case. <laughs> okay. So next time we are reading Offside with number 55 by Piper Rain and Enforcing Emery by Mickey B. Ashling.
Is it football? It is not football. Okay. <laughs> also, I just have to say, Mickey B. Ashling sounds like a statement that, you know, like women be shopping, but it's like yep. Mickey B. Ashling. <laughs> is it hockey? It is hockey. <gasps> oh my God. In my defense, I think, I think offsides is also a thing in football. Uh, it's it's a thing in football. It's also a thing in soccer. It's a thing oh. in football. I football. definitely don't know what it is, though. Like, I don't either. I it doesn't guess. matter. Yeah. So the the full titles are Offside with number 55, Hockey Hotties Book 6. Oh, my goodness. By Piper Rain. And I think this one is, is about a, quote, older gentleman, like older for a professional hockey player. It's definitely a zaddy on the cover there. Um, and then Enforcing Emery by Mickey P. Ashling is about a hockey player and a figure skater. <gasps> and this actually, I started with figure skating and then got distracted by hockey. So here oh we are. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You don't hear us say sentences like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I started with one sport and got distracted by another sport. I know, right? <laughs> Rarely happens <laughs> on this podcast. I know. <laughs> I bet if I I bet if I wanted to, I could find two books that it's a, like it's a, a hockey player and a figure skater. But then I read the synopsis for uh, Offsides with a number 55 and I was like, Oh no, we have to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. Yes, I'm very excited. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, Christine. You thank you, welcome. Claire. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you, listeners. Oh, thank you so much, listeners. We are thankful for you. <laughs> and if you want us to be even more thankful for you, Consider supporting us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash FMKLitPod. You have to type in the URL. You can't find us because we use dirty words. You say so many dirty things like so, clit. So and many fucking cock. dirty words. Cock. 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 And rimming. <laughs> Sometimes we just say names. Sometimes we just straight up say names. Like it's not even dirty. It's just names. It's just names. <laughs> Uh, really quick story. There was one point I said jokingly to a friend, like, oh yeah, the gays rimming is, we say hi with rimming or something like that. As in like the act of rimming. But in his head, my friend thought that we just said the word rimming. So when we see a fellow gay, we'd be like, rimming girlfriend. (laughs) That was an ongoing joke in the apartment for a few years. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We know that it sometimes sounds like we're not thankful for the work that you did, but we are. We are thankful. We are. And we also paid for it. Yeah. Also, Beth Lebont, like, (laughs) fuck what we have to say. Your book got turned into a Hallmark movie. You're doing fine, girl. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) You don't need us to like your book. No. And um, I think her book is from, like, 2018. It's not terribly old that Hallmark just sort of like snatched it right up. So like they might be in that uh, Witherspoon getting that Reese Witherspoon money. She's got a whole thing with books and a book club and getting them made into Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the one to know. Good for you, girl. Um, So I guess all we have left to say is that you can do so safely. Consensually covered in pumpkin spice (laughs) with so many sides 
Tschüss. Tschüss.